Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning. It's Monday, the 2nd of October in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, the Chancellor prepares to offer a wage boost to the lowest paid as his party colleagues call for tax cuts. And I'm Caroline Hepke on location at the Conservative Conference in Manchester, where the party is outlining its pitch to voters. But is anyone listening? And elsewhere in the news, a stream of cash. New investment plans mean water bills in England will rise by 30 by the end of the decade. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. The UK Chancellor is to use his speech at the Conservative Party conference to announce plans to raise wages for the country's lowest paid workers. Jeremy Hunt will today say he's increasing the national living wage by around 6% to at least £11 an hour. The increase comes amid growing discontent within the Conservatives over Britain's record tax burden. But the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak told the BBC that changing that isn't his top priority. I'm a Conservative. Of course I want to cut taxes. The best tax cut that I can deliver for the British people right now is to halve inflation. Inflation is a tax. It's a tax that impacts the poorest people the most. Consumer price inflation currently stands at 6.7% in the UK. Rishi Sunak has pledged to get it below 5% by the end of the year. But not everyone is entirely on side with that view on taxes. The Secretary of State for Leveling Up, Michael Gove, says he wants to see cuts soon. Here's what he had to say when pushed on the issue. The discussion about where the tax burden should fall, I think, is one that we need to take, not now, but in a little bit's time. Should there be a reduction in the tax burden on individuals before the next election? Are we talking the next year? Are we talking three years? Are we talking five years? Yes, no, I I would like to see the tax burden reduced before the next election. Those comments from Michael Gove come as the Prime Minister's predecessor, Liz Truss, also gets set to make an intervention on the issue. Later today, she's expected to call for cuts to corporation tax, something she's previously targeted during the ill-fated mini-budget. In the United States, the government has avoided a shutdown. A stopgap spending bill passed by Congress over the weekend will keep government open until the 17th of November, but it doesn't include more funding for Ukraine. President Biden's budget director, Shalanda Young, says she's sure it will be passed later. Those votes are there. We know there is a willing coalition. And I certainly expect members uh, and the speaker to keep their commitment, not to us, but the Ukrainian people we told we would be there. That's Shalanda Young. The deal also gives financial markets some breathing room. Some analysts had warned that an extended closure of federal agencies would spur fresh gyrations in the Treasury curve and hit stocks that rely on government spending. Household water bills in the UK are set to rise by an average of 35% by 2030. That's as water companies plan to ramp up investment to £96 billion in the five years to 2030 for a series of projects including new reservoirs and fixing leaks. Industry body Water UK says the investment programme would double current levels and will be the largest ever in the sector. 
The CEO of Microsoft will testify today in a major case against one of the tech giant's biggest rivals. The US government is seeking to prove that Google engaged in anti-competitive tactics to maintain its market dominance. More from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. The DOJ has accused Google of paying $10 billion a year to rivals as well as smartphone manufacturers and wireless carriers to make Google Search the default option. Prosecutors hope to use the testimony of Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella to show how his company couldn't unlock Google's hold on the search market. Last week, a Microsoft executive said the company failed to secure a deal to put its Bing search app on Apple's products, even though Microsoft was willing to offer far better terms. Nadella was personally involved and spoke with Google CEO Sundar Pichai. Nadella will probably be asked about those conversations. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Radio. New research suggests that almost three quarters of British businesses have reduced the amount they spend on offices. A survey of more than 500 bosses by the real estate firm IWG also found that only one in five UK companies have not reconfigured their working space to suit hybrid working. High-rise financial districts have been hit by the turmoil sweeping office markets around the world. And with interest rates soaring and valuations plunging, the pain is set to intensify for many. According to Bloomberg's latest Markets Live Pulse survey, office prices in the US are due for a crash and the commercial real estate market faces at least another nine months of declines. And the billionaire Bill Ackman is said to be interested in pursuing a deal with Elon Musk's ex-corporation as part of a new investment vehicle. Ackman's investment fund, Pershing Square, has regulatory approval for a new vehicle that targets private companies seeking to raise $1.5 billion or more. Ackman told the Wall Street Journal that X is absolutely one of the options that he's considering. So those are our top stories this morning. The focus this week, though, on politics in the UK with the Conservative Party's annual gathering underway in Manchester. Rishi Sunak's first conference as Prime Minister and perhaps his last before the next UK general election at a time when the Tories are trailing Labour on average by 18 points in the opinion polls. Caroline Hepker is at the Tory party conference for us this morning. Caroline, good morning to you. Good morning. Now, this is, of course, a big test for Rishi Sunak. Our opinion columnist Adrian Waldridge reporting this morning that we'll get the real Rishi at conference. What should we be expecting? Well, I think if last year in Birmingham felt chaotic under the short-lived Liz Truss administration, this year feels really fraught. Rishi Sunak is hoping to unite his party, get them ready to fight the general election, perhaps in October next year, but amid a very difficult economic backdrop. Sunak has shifted gear. He's sounding a bit more combative. Uh, He's talked about being the change candidate, despite 13 years of Conservative rule. But ill-discipline, Stephen, really does seem to be creeping in. MPs, even ministers pursuing their own agendas. Yesterday was dominated by a battle, a a discussion, it would seem, over who potentially would replace Rishi Sunak if he loses the next general election. I'm thinking Home Secretary Suela Braverman, uh, Business and Trade Secretary Kemi Badenoch. And then also, of course, the maths looks very daunting, given that Labour has largely enjoyed a double-digit lead over the Conservatives for some time now. So it's about picking policies, trying to use unite MPs and Conservative activists who are all here in Manchester so that they have impact within the next year to convince voters to give the party another go. Caroline, on policies then, I mean, how easy will it be to create unity around these issues? What are the key issues that we need to be watching out for the discussions over? Look, I think today is going to be all about Chancellor Jeremy Hunt and his his speech. I think... um, 
the pledge to raise wages for the lowest paid workers, i.e. to raise minimum wage, is going to be a big one today, up from £10.42 uh, to £11. That's the expectation. But also returning to some conservative rhetoric, cracking down on welfare claimants. The government um, does want to boost the number of people working uh, by a million. So I think taxes and benefits are going to be front and centre. Hunter said in the past that he it would be virtually impossible to to cut taxes until the UK economy improves. And yesterday, Rishi Sunak, the, the Prime Minister, talked a lot about inflation being the main goal, bringing inflation down, that that in, in and of itself is effectively a tax on people. And yet at the same time, you have very vocal uh, MPs, including Liz Truss, the former Prime Minister, who is also here in Manchester. She's going to be speaking at the Growth Rally event alongside other former ministers. That's at half past 12 today, she is pushing for tax cuts ahead of the next general election. And that is a big, uh, a big focus for uh, MPs and for Conservatives who are worried that with the highest tax level since World War II, the Conservatives, you know, are going to lose votes on that issue alone. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost seeing Conservatives returning to type that we have the focus again back on tax cuts. So lots of interesting moves behind the scenes. We heard from Michael Gove there a few moments ago. And as you say, Liz Truss, someone that we're looking forward to hearing from later as well. What's the atmosphere, though, like at this conference? Carlin, it feels like a world apart compared to where we were a year ago. Yeah, look, we're here at six in the morning. I can't say that the hall is full yet, but we were here yesterday. Surely not, Caroline. Everyone's Uh, not up early to get their first coffee in. Well, there are quite a few TV crews around us. So, yes, there are there are journalists here, but, but others are not here. We were milling around yesterday. We did certainly bump into some ministers. I think that there is not much excitement. That is mainly what I took away. I think that the feeling is a little bit cagey. 46 or 47 Tory MPs are not going to be here. You know, and again, quite bizarrely, the focus yesterday on perhaps who would take over if the Conservatives did not win. It seemed to be a lot of positioning, certainly, for that. even if it wasn't said outrightly. Um, So I think it's a very difficult moment. Having said that, the economy is brightening. There is some good news for the Prime Minister in the sense that we've had better GDP growth in the second quarter, falling inflation, business um, investment is going up. So there are some good things that the Conservatives can point to and of course as always in politics a year between this event and potentially the next general election. It's a long time. Yeah, it certainly is. And if we think of where we were last year and where we could be a year from now, uh, this is certainly an extremely interesting time in British politics. And great to have you there in Manchester at the Conservative Party conference uh, this morning and with plenty more to come in our coverage of that event as well on Bloomberg. Caroline, for now, uh, thank you very much. This interesting to reflect on where we are with the British economy. A story on the Bloomberg terminal this morning is that London stock market market as on the cusp of becoming the biggest in Europe again. This was something, of course, we talked about an awful lot of the time when Paris overtook London, partly thanks to a rally in luxury shares as well. And what we're watching now is because of the resurgence, particularly in energy shares, helped by higher oil prices, of course, we are seeing a bit of a reversal on the uh, that trend. London stock market getting inching closer to that level that France is at. If we look at the dollar-based market capitalisation, $2.9 trillion for the London market versus 2.93 for the French market. So that is something that we'll be watching uh, closer to the time as well. 
Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Well, let's turn to talk from UK politics to US politics next. President Joe Biden urging House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to ensure additional aid money for Ukraine. That's after the stopgap bill passed over the weekend, avoided a government shutdown, but didn't include extra money for Kiev. Bloomberg's Derek Wallbank has been following this story for us and joins us now. Derek, first of all, the shutdown has been avoided, but at what political cost are we talking about? Well, the simple math for Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, through this entire exercise has been that he has had the votes to be able to move forward on a bipartisan government funding bill at roughly existing levels, but that doing so could cost him a, uh, a chance at, his, at keeping his job. Eventually, after exhausting all other opportunities, McCarthy took that. Uh, so he put through uh, a stopgap spending bill for a month and a half. It did pass with a healthy bipartisan measure, uh, you know, uh, backing. But here we sit, walking into Monday morning, and Matt Gates, who bills himself as the Trumpiest member of Congress, is talking about putting a motion to vacate on the floor this week to uh, to have the fo- the whole House decide whether or not Kevin McCarthy should still be the Speaker of the House. If Gates can pull a significant number of his colleagues, and he really only needs somewhere in the neighborhood of about like five to ten of them to go do it, then McCarthy would have to rely on Democrats to save his job in some form, either voting for him or voting present. And that might extract a cost. Democrats might have a cost to do that because they have so far been very gleefully running against the House and its dysfunctions. And the cost of buying into saving McCarthy's hide here could be substantial for the Speaker. So that's one of the political ramifications to watch as well. This funding bill that was passed, though, only goes until the 17th of November. Does that set us up for another cliff edge moment? Well, it does. I mean, you know, that's the fun thing with Washington. If you uh, if you got bored of the last cliff, just wait a minute. There'll be another one coming up. But uh, this one here, I think, is actually going to be a little bit different for investors. And the reason that I think that it's going to be different for investors is because you have a baseline scenario question, right? Going into this one, all of the talk was 99% shutdown odds are higher. 
no one was really thinking. I, I mean, I know I said on air that that uh, that there was a chance if McCarthy did this, but I think the preponderant view was that 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 he wouldn't. Now you've got an example in this Congress of McCarthy taking the way out. So what I think is probably going to happen is you're going to have a lot of investors adjusting their baseline scenario back to the idea of this will probably work out somewhere. Let's go with that until proven wrong, rather than where we were, which is this is probably not going to work. Let's just sort of assume it won't work, and we'll all be happily surprised if it does. That's a different baseline scenario. It shows up in different ways in terms of dollar, in terms of treasury, in terms of equity outlooks, all this sort of thing. And candidly, you know, we had been sitting there staring all around the world at a whole bunch of negative headlines. Mm. It was nice to get a positive red out there somewhere, right? It's nice to start the week out with a positive-sounding red headline on your terminal. Uh, there, there's there's something to that idea. Yeah. But briefly, though, the issue of Ukraine now, you know, part of where the conversation is going there, how much support is there in Congress to extend more aid to Ukraine? Tons. There's tons of support to do something for Ukraine. The problem is, right now, is that it's become more of an issue on the right, especially about funding Ukraine. There are some uh, people who are agitators in, in the conservative media ecosystem who, who have raised a lot of skepticism. Donald Trump is raising you know, some amount of... He's not the most enthusiastic backer of a lot of different things. And, and so there's, there's this sort of rising restiveness on the right. Uh, mm. The way that this gets done is going to be interesting. There's some... There's some thought that having one big vote is going to be preferable to having a bunch of smaller votes, which had been kind of the idea before. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. We bring you news and analysis every day on the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast, but now you can hear the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Search Bloomberg News Now and subscribe today. Hi everyone, I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.